welcome back to the Earth on Survival Guide, a guide for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters, and the questers of Josh and Dan. I am Dan. I am Josh. Yes. And by now, if you don't know that, because we're 82 episodes in, if you can't tell one voice from another, I'm sorry for you. Hey, uh, but on today's... <laughs> somebody might just be joining us. We are not... This is not like a narrative where somebody needs to start back at episode one. Why not? I'm teasing. I know that. Uh, but on today's episode, we'll be discussing all things Arrowentical again, because we're going to talk about one of the great dragons, Mountain Shadow. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I prepped like a month ago, and Josh has a sewer great trap for a mind who remembers more, more than what I can prep in the first place. So we're going to see how this one goes. So if there's any questions you have at the end of this episode about mountain shadow, then please email us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. And until those questions come in, let's just kind of wade in deep a little bit with mountain shadow, uh, described by outcast as a meddler of things. But his real dragon name is Far Scholar. So let's just start there. Yeah. Impressions on Mountain those Shadow. <laughs> Mountain Shadow is, again, dragons are dragons. We've talked about dragons, how they're not necessarily nice, how they have a very long term. They tend not to be like they can be fond of individual name givers, but they yeah. don't tend to be overly romantic. That's not the right word. Fair. Uh, uh, nostalgic. Yeah, that's a good perhaps word. is a better word. Mm -hmm. But if you were to make a list of dragons that are ostensibly good guys, mm -hmm. Mountain Shadow would probably be one of the first ones on the list on that side of the of the chart. Yeah, good evil dragons are all independently motivated characters, but can fall on one side of that chat, right? Of that sheet or cheat sheet or not more benevolent than harmful. A lot of Mountain Shadow's character is kind of informed by his presence in Shadowrun mm -hmm. as Dunkelzon. You can kind of see in some ways where Dunkelzon developed from Mountain Shadow. Dunkelzon like loves humanity. Dunkelzon is really Fond like of. on people's sides in He's the Shadowrun yeah. universe. He's really on people's side mm -hmm. and while again like he might have fondness for individuals but he is a lot more interested in shepherding humanity forward not quite so much in the earth dawn era there's a, a certain amount of of maturity that grows in his standing in that regard mm -hmm. yeah. but anyway mountain shadow is a meddler he is a lot less active in terms or a lot less visible in the sense of, of him being involved but him and his brother Icewing are really like two of the major drivers of the greater bar save community of dragons against the therans yeah and to a certain extent the the outcast and the denerastus as well so he does meddle but his Real dragon name is not Mountain Shadow. That's what the name givers call him. He is actually Far Scholar because he collects as much lore and legends and goings on as possible. He wants to know everything. And we mean 
everything, all the movings and doings and shakings and history and so and history of the lands, history of the people who shaped the land, history of the legends who, who took care of things, history of all the items that were involved in all that stuff. We mean flipping everything. Mountain Shadow wants to know it all. But he and his brother were both raised by all wings. So they're one of the original clutch of dragons from eons past. Yes. The other thing I like to point out is all the pictures in any of the books are mostly in black and white, but I want to know what each dragon kind of looks like since, yeah, they're magical. They can kind of change their form. But as a default, Mountain Shadow has usually silvery blue scales. Other dragons don't, and some of them have you know, other colors, but I always like to know in my head when I'm talking about Mountain Shadow, he's silvery blue. Just one of those things. His domain is in the Dragon Mountains. You know, because you do. But he also does happen to lair in the Badlands. So... Yes. If you're going He does have another lair in the Badlands. If you have read the novel Poisoned Memories, the third of the Jerol trilogy, which involves the Death Rebellion and the attempts by the uh, Theron magician uh, Mordom to take control of Prince Nedin to potentially have him be a puppet, uh, a Theron puppet on the throne. Mountain Shadow takes the prince to a lair he apparently has in the Badlands to remove the Theron enchantments and so forth that were placed on him. Yeah. When is the last time you read that novel? Because I haven't read that in 25 years, and I remember yeah, nothing about it. Yeah, a while. <laughs> See, Josh's memory is better than my prep. Well... I've got the PDF of the Dragon's source book up on my screen here and was kind of flipping through it and going, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. because the outcast in his report says I have yet to discover Mountain Shadow's other lair in the Badlands, the place yes. from which he aided young Prince Nedin during the Death <laughs> Rebellion. But still, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was to, that was the you third were able book. to tie that into the third novel, which I haven't read in forever and a day. So again, right. Josh, is I know, like, it's pretty easy to remember, really. Yeah. The Longing Ring is the rediscovery of Parlane. Mm -hmm. Mother Speaks, Speaks is the first Theron War. Yeah. And Poisoned Memories. Poisoned Memories is the Death Rebellion. Like, those are the yeah. three big historical events that mm -hmm. those novels are set around. Yeah. It's just been 25 years, and I can't remember any of that. <laughs> Details of the story, beyond knowing that Jerol is involved, and as a result, the magician Mordom is involved. Yeah. Is... There's a lot more to it, and there's this whole thing with death and blah, blah, blah. One of these days, we'll do a book club, just the Earth Dawn novels. Josh and I will read them, prep them, and talk about them on the podcast. When we run out of, uh, when we run out of other things to talk about, we'll do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, Mountain Shadow currently is guarding a small clutch of eggs as well, and has... At least as of the information in... yeah. The Dragon's, Dragon's source, source book, book which, yeah. while published by Living Room Games, and so the details are not necessarily wholly canonical, mm -hmm. there is nothing as of yet that has been published intentionally to cancel it. And also, 90% of the information in there is in setting anyway, so yes. take with a grain of salt, uh, unreliable narrator, etc., etc. Yeah, because maybe perhaps... Um, Outcast has an axe to grind. No. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be said. Anyway, 
also in the Dragon Mountains, since that's where Mountain Shadow primarily resides, uh, aside from the Badlands as well, there are three other adult dragons also dwelling in the the Dragon Mountains. They are Thunderwing, Fire Dancer, and Smoke Weaver. So do you think possibly perhaps that they are students or um, essentially, air quotes, children raised by Mountain Shadow? Yeah, it's generally the case that dragons who reach adulthood initially lair in the same general area as the great dragon mm-hmm. who fostered them, because throughout their youth and whatnot, that would have been where they were, because they would have been taught dragon customs and practices and traditions by the great dragon that fostered them, that that clutched them. Yes. And so, yeah, presumably, even if they weren't necessarily one of Mountain Shadow's clutches of eggs, Mm -hmm. they probably were, but even if they weren't, the fact that they are living in, layering in his territory indicates that there is some kind of relationship there that would ostensibly make them allies in a sense i agree because they're they're a little territorial dragons are yeah dragons are territorial but there is also you know a certain amount of respect and authority that great dragons have over other adults and so if an adult would have a problem with a great dragon they probably would not choose to lair <laughs> near that dragon that would not probably not make a whole lot of sense no it wouldn't bode well for them just gonna say even i mean mountain shadow as benign as he is uh would still probably take issue with with that um we did bring up a number of uh podcasts ago somebody had questions about the eyes of all wings and that mountain shadow has one of the eyes Icewing has the other eye and this is how they communicate with each other yeah so is this mostly visual? Is this mostly visual or is this more like a telephone call in your estimation? Considering that the eyes also allow the dragons that have them to scry on other places, mm-hmm. I would suspect that it probably behaves kind of similarly to like a traditional a like ball. crystal ball. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it'd be kind of like a video phone. <laughs> kind of situation it's like a skype call the earliest skype call ever (laughs) without the shitty servers (laughs) so there probably is a visual component if they want it Mm -hmm. but it could also just be like a conduit through which dragon speech could go okay when you're dealing with like a super powerful artifact like that it can kind of pretty much do whatever but the fact it is called out that they can scry using Mm -hmm. them that yeah. there probably is a visual component that's there if they want to use it. I figure it's an eyeball, so it, I can't see why it wouldn't have a visual component. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't completely off base, because occasionally I am. So, one of those things. Uh, so, the thing about Mountain Shadow, having collected all of the lore that he has and all the knowledge that he has, is that he pretty much knows more mystic secrets than just about anybody else. I don't think that's in dispute, really. No. And this is this is the even if even if the outcast had an axe to grind, he's still deferential to say, yeah, he knows more than anybody else. Period. Yeah. 
that can generally be said probably about any of the great dragons. If you're going to compare them to each other, Mountain Shadow, when it comes to mystical secrets, magical lore, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a reason that he became the dragon lore master after the death of Vastinjas. Yeah. Because Vastinjas was lore master, lore keeper before, but when he died, it passed on to Mountain Shadow. Yes. And Mountain Shadow kept it until his death in 20 <laughs> whatever. Yes. 2055 or 2056 or whatever the year of the the election was. Yeah. So, yeah, he has a lot of magical knowledge in kind of the similar way that I describe Alakia sometimes. He has probably forgotten more about magic <laughs> than most people will ever learn in their lifetimes. He has got a lot of knowledge, a lot of secrets, and that can be one way that actually that you could bring him into an adventure mm-hmm. or a campaign in some way if you've got some kind of mysterious or powerful magical effect or something like that or a legendary item that you are searching for key knowledges on Mm -hmm. petitioning mountain shadow is certainly one way that you could possibly (laughs) find out about it yeah mountain shadow is not necessarily an easy one to contact approachable he doesn't have office hours the way that icewing does (laughs) But, and this kind of ties into something that that probably is is on your list there, Mountain Shadow has a very extensive network of agents and... Name-giver servants, yes. Name-giver servants and folk that work for him, directly or indirectly. Mm -hmm. He is not the only dragon to have done it, but is most notably... One of the dragons who sheltered quite a number of name givers in his lair during the scourge and their descendants recognizing in a sense that they owe their lives to the dragon serve him very loyally. Mm -hmm. And one of the outcasts suggestions to his children is that if you can turn his servants, that is incredibly good, but he is very good at sniffing out problem individuals like that yeah because again great dragon he's not yeah. going to be <clears throat> blindsided by not going to be caught with his pants down so to no. speak he's not going to be blindsided by somebody you may have slightly influenced with the promise of money or or, or fame or fortune um or one legendary item whoop de doo uh yeah mountain shadow is not a dumb dragon um he is by the way as old as he is, a very potent spellcaster. I don't think there's a lot of spells he wouldn't know. And again, dragons can create their own spells from whole cloth when they need them. So if he needs something done, if there's not a spell in the book for it, he's just going to get it done because that's what dragons do. Yep. So speaking of his servants, uh, he does have Rasper. Is it Rosper? Rosper. Uh, Rosper, my handwriting sucked. Sorry, my notes. Um, he's a Drake servant, and this Drake can change forms because it's not from the um, Bloodwood. And this Rosper is the one who stole the elves' ever-living flower. At least according to, to the information uh, in yes. the Living Room Games, 
Yeah. Because again, maybe Outcast has an axe to grind. Right. So why would you not accuse? So <laughs> this is where the Earth Dawn timeline thing gets a little funky. We got we got time. Go for it, Josh. We got time. In Living Room Games, Bar Save at War. Yes. The way that the Blood Elves were coerced or whatnot into joining the fight against the Therans because they mm-hmm. were going to sort of sit out was by the ever-living flower being stolen from the court and the Therans being framed for it. Mm-hmm. And so Alakia sends a detachment out to smack him around. Yeah. And so within the context of the Living Room Games books, Dragons was released after Bar Save at War and so was talking about some of the timeline advances that kind of happened in, in relation to that mm-hmm. um, and talks about saying, well, Mountain Shadow was the one behind the theft of the flower and, and Rosper was the Drake agent that was kind of involved in that. And that is certainly possible. Possible. We do know from Portfolio of a Dragon, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Yes. That reference that Mountain Shadow makes to the ever-living flower, where he basically in his will returns it to Alakia because he doesn't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. But whether within... The framework of fourth edition, that's why the elves joined in the battle at the Triumph. That's the reason that they marched mm-hmm. is unclear because that history is also kind of in character, in setting. And there are a lot of behind the scenes machinations and stuff that are not revealed because it's not public knowledge. Yeah. So <laughs> whether that is actually what happened, whether Rosper was involved or not, are details that you, in your own game, if it becomes something that that comes up, that you can sort of decide for yourselves within that framework, because all of the info about that is in character. Yeah. And so not necessarily 100% accurate or trustworthy. (laughs) Because again, all of this was laid down by Outcast, who may or may not have an axe to grind. With the other dragons that are out there. So the last piece of information I have that might be helpful to a game master trying to work a dragon in a little bit, especially with Mountain Shadow, is that Mountain Shadow does have servants that are name givers, that are adepts, and they might be doing some of the hiring. He's pretty much got that nailed down to just one left, which is named Dark Tooth. But other than that... May not Dark always tooth. be Darktooth. Darktooth. I don't know. It's a name. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Shadow, as I mentioned, has a lot of name givers that are descended from the folk that he took into his lair to shelter during the Scourge. Yes. And a lot of them still kind of live in, in the Dragon Mountains and serve him to various extents. Mm-hmm. But he does have those among them who go out into the rest of Save and act as his eyes and ears. Yes and pass information back and maybe will hire adepts to take care of things without necessarily revealing the benefactor for whom they are working, at least at first, yeah. that if the adepts over the course of the, of the campaign prove themselves useful and loyal and valuable, might end up getting tasked with even more important tasks and eventually maybe find out who it is that they're working for. Yeah. The dragons have what's referred to as the Dragons Network. It's the spy organization and intelligence group that the dragons put together in the wake of the Triumph landing, or at Mm -hmm. least 
more formally like sharing information among themselves because of what the Therans are up to and their desire to put them in their place. (laughs) But that was the case even before the triumph landed, to be honest. It's just that he stepped up his intelligence gathering game a little bit. Yeah. Dark Tooth. Dark Tooth is yeah. I don't know how how much Riff. How much we should reveal about Dark Tooth. It's up to you. Two things about Dark Tooth. One (laughs) We got time in the Living Room Gaze Games version of Dragons, as well as the original draft of the Dragon Source book. Yeah. From first edition. Mm Mm-hmm. At the end of the section on Dark Tooth, because all of these essays are annotated by Mountain Shadow. Yes. Adding commentary and things like that. And we'll come back to a little bit of that here in a minute. Yeah. But his comment at the end of Dark Tooth section, where the outcast is like, you know, find out as much as you can, gather as much information as possible and find some way that you may be able to turn him against his master. Mm-hmm. Mountain Shadow's commentary to that is, I wish him luck. Darktooth is far cleverer and more capable than the outcast imagines. Yes. This is, of course, highlighted by the fact that his Shadowrun name, his Shadowrun yes. moniker, Dunkelzon, mm-hmm. is German for Darktooth. <laughs> and it is strongly suspected that Darktooth is Mountain Shadow and is, in fact, Mountain Shadow just walking around in human form. Yes. As evidenced in at least one time in the Shadowrun novels. Yeah. But also in other Shadowrun source books, like he shows up at his inauguration in human form. Mm-hmm. So the idea that Darktooth is in fact just Mountain Shadow and that the outcast has not been able to twig to that is notable. Yes. We'll provide for you now three seconds to recollect your brain after that explosion of mind-blowing proportions. So... <laughs> Getting back to Mountain Shadow's commentary. Yes, please do. When the outcast is talking in in this thing mm-hmm. about the Drakes and finding out secrets and trying to turn them, these are the areas where, like, reading between the lines, you can maybe get a little sense of, of what had happened in the distant past. Yeah. This is like one of those clues toward the elf relationship and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He says, our enemies may well try to turn our servants against us. I know others say that a drake cannot betray its creator and master, but I must respectfully remind everyone that we believed the same thing of our servants once before and were proven (laughs) tragically wrong. Yes. We should not make the same mistake twice. And he's referring to the immortal elves, is he not? He is referring to the immortal elves with that. It is almost (laughs) I got one right. Yes. I got one right. Yay. Yay me. Any thoughts you have otherwise on Mountain Shadow's personality or any other ways to kind of slip Mountain Shadow into a campaign, an adventure, a story, a plot point? Sure. Yeah. Throw them out. Mountain Shadow, as we mentioned earlier, really, really likes to know stuff. He is almost compulsively, (laughs) almost has a compulsive need to study and understand things that he does not yet understand. He would be the hoarder in in this scenario. Well, not even necessarily, I mean, a hoarder in the sense of of keeping maybe lore and information and knowledge. Yeah. As a dragon, of course, he's got a hoard. He keeps stuff Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. But that compulsion also can be a little bit of a weakness because it could tend to mean that he will try and gather as much information about something as he can 
before taking action. He wants mm-hmm. to be sure that he knows all of the details and wants to make as informed a choice as possible. In the grand scheme of plotting things, when you're talking about the movement of nations and that sort of thing, that's not a huge problem. But it could, if you are somehow interfering with his plans or schemes in some way, if you are acting quickly and spontaneously, in a sense, you might be able to get away with that for a little Mm -hmm. bit, because he will he might not be as quick to act against you if you are able to keep him off balance. Now, you won't be able to keep him off balance forever. No. If you are being (laughs) annoying enough that he is turning his attention to you, uh, it is only a matter of time. Yeah. Before he figures things out. Because he can play the long game where you can't. Yeah. So that is one thing that is a kind of a key aspect of his personality. And it is also potentially a way that you could, uh, as player characters get into Mountain Shadow's good graces. Either A, by providing him information. Is that an idea? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't have. If you can bring to his attention, uh, you know, potentially get his support, if you can bring to his attention mm-hmm. some kind of mystery or old lore or magical thing or whatever, yeah. and it is not something that very clearly would require him to tread in the domain of another dragon, because he will be careful about that. That is a way that you could potentially gather his support. If you have some kind of expedition that is seeking secrets or knowledge, like if you've got some kind of really epic quest or campaign arc going on where, say, the group is trying to find out what's going on with the Badlands, especially where he's got rumored to have a a secondary lair in the Badlands. Maybe you could find some way of connecting up with his servants or networks or whatever, and perhaps get his support in, in investigating something, if you can actually bring something to his attention that yeah. would be of interest to him. Yeah. Obviously, you're probably not going to get his support to investigate stuff relating to Aaron's Morgath, which we will talk about with a later dragon, because obviously <laughs> that is in the domain of another great dragon. He's not going to go treading on those claws. No. But anything... Yeah, he's not going to kind of along those lines. He's not going to want to know about like Joe and Joe and Betsy down at the bar. He's going to want, you know, legendary moving movers and shakers type knowledge. He is as part of his desire to understand and to know. He is really interested in in understanding name givers and understanding people and what makes them tick and exploring their minds and experiences and cultures and all that sort of thing. It is in part that experience that spurs his growth and the changes in personality that we see in in Shadowrun. But that's something that's also really interesting and fascinating for him. And that's just kind of an an extension of his desire to understand and, and know as much as possible. Obviously, if we're looking at the at the information provided in the Dragon Source books, there's stuff that is not quite as relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. One of his primary goals listed in the Dragon Source book is to deal with the Theron Empire. The Therans, while not permanently dealt with, have largely been driven out of Barsave. Certainly, if they were to start acting up again, uh, Mountain Shadow would be interested and potentially involved. So that's a, another way that you might be able to get his involvement in a campaign. 
possibly if you are running like a, a Theron game where your characters are, are working for the Theron Empire and perhaps operating some kind of plan to reassert some kind of dominance, uh, Mountain Shadow would be an adversary or antagonist trying to interfere with those plans. Yeah. Likewise, if you're running a game where you are dealing with a Theron plot to try and come back and your player characters are working against it, they might be able to get some assistance uh, from Mountain Shadow if things are are sufficiently dire. Mm. Obviously, you know, his interest in his domain, the Dragon Mountains and the things that go on there, he'll obviously always have kind of interest going on with that. It's possible that you could have a game that even if there isn't a major campaign arc, you might have a, a story or an adventure or something that involves the Dragon Mountains in some way. Maybe there's a forgotten care. Uh, maybe there's something else going on. And at that point, you're dealing with his territory. And yeah. maybe you're not you won't necessarily deal with Mountain Shadow directly, but you might need to deal with his agents or the other adult or, you know, younger dragons that mm-hmm. are part of his sort of extended family in a sense in that area. Or any of the, any of the name giver servants he's got run, running around as yeah, well. Yeah, or the any of the name giver servants and and so forth that, that you might have going on there. Yeah, the Dragon Source Book does talk about how Mountain Shadow did have more drakes, but a couple of them have disappeared, and Mountain Shadow theorizes that the Denerastis are connected to that somehow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, in Fourth Edition we are several years beyond that point. But that could potentially be a thread. The drakes and the magical knowledge that drakes represent, in a sense, in terms of their creation, is certainly something that could be explored. And whether you're dealing with the Denerastis or with some other magical organization that is looking to uncover those secrets, perhaps to create servants of their own, Mm -hmm. that could be something that could come into play. The Drake servants are kind of the the second tier. If a dragon is acting publicly as a dragon, uh, it stuff's gotten real. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, if it is a serious matter, dragons do not have a lot of Drake servants. If they are sending their Drake servants. It things have also gotten real, but there is a certain amount of plausible deniability there because the Drakes, yeah, tend to have more established covers. Uh, and lives as name givers mm-hmm. than the dragons would. Yeah. But again, that's the sort of thing that generally you wouldn't be bringing into play until you're getting into upper journeymen or or higher tier areas. The yeah. attribute values and numbers for drakes and dragons are very scary and not anything <laughs> to trifle with. Exactly. So do you, do you think the Denerastus would actually leave a drake corpse around like in a dungeon somewhere and if you tossed into it you might find it and therefore be able to trade that information or do you think they would actually uh cremate that dragon and cover up all traces the drake sorry, uh, the, drake, the, drake, the drake servant because mountain shadow is missing a few servants perhaps they were behind one in yeah it's just a speculation i think that if the denerastis were to get their hands on a drake we talk about mountain shadows drakes but if they're, yes. they were to get their hands on a drake it would probably end up down in the labs and research areas below Iopos. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely that they would have an area elsewhere. It's yeah. possible, I suppose. Mm. But given the importance, they would probably want to have it very close and in a place that would be very difficult for 
a dragon to infiltrate or for dragon servants to infiltrate and deal with. Yeah. I just figured I'd ask, ask a presumptive question that just in case anybody wanted to ask us um, in an email later on, um, just to hear your, your thoughts on possibly what, what could they do to solve that mystery and therefore quench Mountain Shadow's um, curiosity about his servants that are missing. So just, just a thought. Anything else we should talk about from Mountain Shadow's motives or servants or any other ways to work work him in? Because I think he's pretty much one of the easier dragons to work in. Yeah. Since he wants to know a lot. I mean, if, if you're looking at potential allies or <coughs> employers or patrons for your typical adventuring company, adventuring group in Earthdawn, Mountain Shadow is pretty high up on the list, especially where he has such a desire to understand everything. It's not much of a stretch to try and tie that into yeah. what your group might be up to. Um, some of the other dragons that we'll be talking about later on are a little bit more selective in their areas of interest. And so you might not necessarily have as, as easy a time yeah. tying them into things. But Mountain Shadow is one of those where it's not that difficult, especially if you're dealing with a game that's going to be digging into forgotten lore or magical secrets or history, you know, or anything like that that could potentially draw his interest. Yeah. I can't say it's an easy side quest, but it's at least an, it's an easy idea for a side yeah. quest. Okay. Go find one of his servants or go find Mountain Shadow because you have this information or you need this information. Uh, do you think Mountain Shadow would take payment, money, or what would he actually, if you provide him enough information or sorry, if you need information about this item or this history thing or so forth and so on, yes, Mountain Shadow going to take your cash? Really? No, Mountain Shadow is <laughs> not going to take your cash. <laughs> It's at that point where you need to think about what is it that Mountain Shadow might be after yeah. and what kind of task he might ask the group to perform for him. Mm -hmm. There's always the nerve-wracking possibility of a favor to be named later. Always. Because owing a dragon is sort of, kind of a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say... Probably he's not going to want your silver. Mere cash is probably not going to do it for him. You could probably, no. if you found a, a, an appropriately interesting item, mm -hmm. might be able to, to deal with that. Yeah, might be able to forfeit that for the information you need. Possibly. In that exchange. Maybe. If it's a really good thing. But figure out at least a proffer the question. To say, what would you pay a dragon? Well... Uh, dragon doesn't necessarily want your, your silver or your gold, especially not your copper. So yeah, what would it be? Well, to your point, it's, you do me this favor. He's kind of like a ma uh, mafia Don in that case. You do me this favor over here. No, um, really bad accident on my part. Anyway, any further thought, any final thoughts on mountain shadow and his involvement and how to use him in a campaign? No. Yeah. He's pretty straightforward. He's, he's pretty straightforward. He's an, we, we started off easy. Yes. Here. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. We'll get to the tough ones a little bit later on, expand upon those as we see fit. But until next time, folks, um, 
feel free to email us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. Ask us any questions you want about Mountain Shadow or anything else we've ever talked about, because last e- last uh, podcast was an email palooza. We don't wait for them to pile up. We just, we had a bunch this last time because we asked for them. And that happens. So until next time, uh, since we talked about the meddler, it's time for you to go meddle in your own legend. Good night, everybody. <laughs>